Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. have your Bibles, go with me if you would to Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5. A couple of woo-hoos today, just because we love the Bible. We love the Word of God. <clears throat> Somebody said, I look good in stripes. Thank you, Philip. Um, <laughs> he mentioned that earlier. I just want to say I appreciate that kind of word. I just, he, sh- he just shared that earlier, and I just want to say thank you. <clears throat> so, um, Ephesians 5. Ephesians is a good, some good stuff. Ephesians 5. We're going to start at verse 22, my favorite verse in all the Bible. Some of you ain't got there yet. That's why you ain't laughing, but we'll give you a second. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Some of you are finding it now. If you've got it, say amen. If you're still looking, say, hold on, Pastor Terry. All right, y'all, that's enough to go. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. And uh, check it out. Let's just find out what the Word of God says today. Verse 22 says in Ephesians 5, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Amen. I think that's all we need to say today. I think we can close right now. If you will take that, apply that, take your Bible, and you just close that, let's close in prayer. God, I think you've said all that needs to be said today, Lord. And I just ask, no, I'm just kidding. There's more to it. There's more to it. There's more to it. I had to have you just show a little love to the fellas today. After last week, I drilled y'all with some stuff, man. So, uh, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. I love that. That is so cool. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ... Let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I heard that. Y'all think I didn't hear it. I hear up here some of y'all sometimes. Uh-huh. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. I love that. That's so cool. And that is so good. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, giving always flows out of loving. Well, if you love, you'll give. And, and so I'm th- so thankful for that promise that's there. So he said, love the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. And he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And verse 31 says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You see where Paul's saying what we've been looking at in Genesis chapter 2. You see that here repeated in the Scripture. He said, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Verse 33 says, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, 
and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray together. Let's, let's go to him in prayer one more time. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the name above every name. And God, we're thankful today for the opportunity just to spend some time in your presence in worship right now. Spend some time in prayer right now, Father, lifting you up and then just spending some time in your word today. God, open our hearts to the truth. And God, has help us to go past just hearing today, Father. Help us to go past just listening today, God. Help us walk into a place of, of application, God. We apply the word. We put it in practice in our life, God. And we actually walk this thing out, God. I thank you for the promises that lay in this book. God, I thank you for the promises that are upon marriages right now, God. If we walk this thing out by faith, I thank you for it right now. And I come against the enemy right now. I come against the strongholds right now who's attacking marriages and homes. Come on, church. I want you to join me with me in prayer right now. Come on. Don't, let, don't be silent right now. Open up your mouth and join me in faith right now. Father, we come together in agreement right now that marriages and homes are coming together and being healed. We thank you, Father, right now that in the name of Jesus, God, you're uniting right now husband and wife back together. Father, I thank you that there's no division, no separation among them right now. Father, we declare it today by faith. God, I thank you right now, God, your word's true. And every man's a liar. God, I declare today the word over couples today that what you've put together, let no man separate. In the name of Jesus, we come against, once again, the strongholds. Come on, take authority over the enemy. You have that power in the name of Jesus. Come on, we take authority over the enemy right now who's coming against minds and coming against homes and families. We declare you and decree that you have to leave in the name of Jesus. And we're thankful for your word. We love you, Father. We give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's look at your neighbor one more time and high-five them. <clears throat> Come on, make it count. Make it count. Come on, tell them, say, good game. <clears throat> good game, good game. We have been, uh, over the past two weeks, today, make it three, we have been jumping headfirst into the Scripture, and we've been applying God's Word and finding out what it says to us about marriage. And I'll say this about marriage. Uh, God wants it blessed. God has a plan for it. He has a purpose for it. It was put together before anything else. He, there was the union of marriage before there was a church, and before there was anything else, there was a union of marriage. And so it's a big deal to him. He loves it. He, he believes in it. He wants great things for it. And anything that God has in his heart, the enemy tries his best to destroy it. I want you to understand today, and I want you to make sure that you see this and hear this clearly. There is an enemy after your marriage. There is a devil, that, according to the scripture, who is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's on a mission. He has a purpose. He has a plan. But I'm thankful that Jesus came that we can have life and have it more abundantly. That is his purpose and plan. So he wants this for you. He has this desire for you. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been digging head hard into this thing, man. Go back and listen to the messages if you haven't, if you was not here. Go back and sit down together and, and get this word in you. If you're not married, get this word in you because one day you may be. So do this. Get this word in you. And it's just truth. And everything else is going to point you closer to Jesus. 
<clears throat> we have a tendency around here to talk about him a lot. So this marriage is a, this series is about Jesus, about what his word says about marriage. So today, I just want to get a few things in us again, and what I feel like the Lord's put heavy on my heart. And one of the things I've had a hard time doing is trying to condense this stuff. Uh, you know me, I take a series 32 weeks if the Lord says to do it, and we'll stay on something. We'll, we'll get his word heavy in us. But this is an area I feel like the Lord wants me to take only about five weeks for. And so I want to be sensitive to the needs of other people. And so one of the things that I've tried to do is try to get all of this stuff that the Bible says and, and the good principles out there into five or six weeks. So just stay with me. Hopefully we'll get it in. Thought about doing a few podcasts, video podcasts that we may stick out for those who may want to go out, even some more detailed teaching. So you'll hear more about that if we go that direction. But again, today, I want to look at a few things that I feel like God's telling us uh, today in his, his word. And I want to look at heavy today. What are the needs of a husband and wife? I want to look heavy at what those needs are and then do this. I want us to find out that we need and we should be, if you're a spouse in this room, meeting some of the needs of your spouse. Okay? Is that good? Is that okay? <clears throat> and um, So with that being said, I want to just clarify very, very clear that the first relationship that you must have has to be with Jesus, okay? He is the only one that can meet the ultimate need in your life. What's very sad is so many times we do this, we go to others, we go to individuals, and we try to get them to meet that need for us that they can't meet. You see one of the scriptures in the Bible, one of the stories that I think shows the grace of God so clearly and the love of Jesus so clearly that there was a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And, and so for just five times, and she had been married. And, and, and the sixth time now, she was with somebody else. She's trying to get a need met that, that, that nobody can meet outside of Jesus. But you notice something. When she encountered Jesus, that need got met, and she went and told everybody. It started off with her in hiding. It started off with her in secret, trying to sneak around and get water and so nobody else sees her. But she went from this place of seclusion to this place of prestige when she met Jesus and saw and realized that only he can meet her need. And it's because she went to Jesus first. I believe this. I believe she went forth after that and had the marriage that only God could bless and the marriage that, only, that you could only have after getting things in order in her life. Talk about priority life, it's a big deal. So again, looking at that and understanding that, the only need that you can have met in your life that can only be met by Jesus has to be met by Jesus. Okay? So today, don't think they're going to replace that. But there are some things, there are some needs that we have in our life that if you're in a married relationship, your spouse should be meeting, okay? It's just what it should be going on. It's how this thing should look. So first of all, just by definition, let's just look for just a second about what is a need. A need is this, by definition, a requirement, necessary duty or obligation. Kind of sounds not like a whole lot of fun if you look at it that way, but it's a big deal. Meeting needs is a big deal. Uh, and, and, and this is what happens when we do this. If your needs aren't met, people begin to get frustrated. It just happens. There are people that have a need within their heart and life, and if their needs are not getting met, you'll see this. They're frustrated. 
And so when you hear somebody that says, man, I have a happy marriage, I have a blessed marriage, this thing is looking good, what they're really saying is this. They're really saying that my needs are getting met. They're really saying that this is what's happening in my life. And you see this. And again, it is a big deal. If you're in a marriage relationship, meet the needs of your spouse. It's very sad. It's very difficult to to even say, but affairs are, are at a lot greater risk when needs aren't met. Now, listen to me. There is never any excuse for that. Just want to make it, just want to, in case you were wondering, in case you're, maybe the pastor really meant that I can do this because, no, let me make it clear. There is never any excuse for you walking into a place of sin in this deal. We will be held accountable for what we do. There's never any excuse, but it's true. It's just true. If your needs aren't getting met, people begin to go other places. It's funny. You can eat turkey sandwiches all day long, and you can get so filled up on turkey I ain't saying your spouse is a turkey, so don't say amen. But you can just get filled up all day long. You can just eat turkey, amen, and you can wear turkey out. You can eat turkey, and then you can drive by the the most greatest steakhouse and and, and smell that steak. And if you just begin to get a visual, you see the steak, man. You see the A1 dripping off the steak. And if you're you're a vegetarian, I guess a bowl of broccoli or something, you... (laughs) You just see the glistening steam off the broccoli. Don't, don't measure up, but whatever it is. But if you're full, even if it's on turkey, that, you have no desire for that. Mm, that's good. You full, I help somebody just right there. Man, I'm a turkey. But, hey, I'm going to fill this thing up. It, it, it doesn't matter. You, you will still, if you're filled up on this thing, it, you won't have a tendency to go other places and try to find that need and get it met. So your first need is met only through Jesus. And the second need in your relationship, you begin to see that I am called to meet this need because the enemy hates it. He hates the marriage. It's why he does this. It's why he puts temptations in front of us. It's why he brings things our way and tries to get things before our eyes or before our ears and, and put somebody in our path and, and connect somebody up with you and, and do all these things. It's why he does this because the enemy is out to destroy. He's out to kill. So again, you are called to meet the needs of your spouse. So here's what I want to start with this. First thing you need to do is this, and I'm going to say this a lot in this message today. Don't assume you know your spouse's needs. Just don't, don't automatically think, oh, I read a book, and so the book said this is their need, so I'm going to go over here as much as I can. I'm going to give this need. That's good intentions, and that's, that's great. We should do those things. But there is no substitute for you sitting down and asking them, what's your need? Because everybody's different. Hey, man, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Everybody's different. Your need may be this, and then this person is putting 100% of their time in this. Thank you for this, but could you help a brother out right here? Could you love me a little more in this area? I mean, just find out what it is. Sit down. Talk to each other. Find out what the need is and, 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 and discuss those things. Tell them. 
tell them. And if they know that, and if they see that, then they can meet that. So again, to begin to discuss these things. So I've condensed a lot of stuff, and I've tried to come up with what I feel like the Lord wants me to say. I'm going to give three principles that I feel like God has, has put on my heart that I hope we get today that we need to meet in marriage. The first one is the first need is that of the husband. That second would be that of the wife. And the third one is that of both. So if, if we can do this together, we'll go. Number one is this. The first major need, I believe, for a husband is honor. Okay? Um, and this looks like a lot of different things. Okay, don't, don't think you just automatically hear the word and you understand what that means. It, it, it just, it means a lot of things. It, it unfolds and, and is revealed and portrayed and shown in many numerous ways. But honor is a big deal for a husband. And it just, I mean, I'm just telling you, it's how God created us. It's how God designed us. Even we see in the scripture that he tells us that we're made in his image. And, and we take on this role in the church after Jesus. We take on this role in our marriage as Jesus, husbands. And again, the first hymn has to be there before we can do anything and ever meet that need. But that is within us. And God's put this in us. He's put this desire for honor in every man. Honor means this. It means high respect as for worth, merit, or rank. The Bible says it this way. The Bible says it in verse 22, which we read. The Bible says this. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now listen, this is, this is a big deal. I believe submission, true submission looks like honor. It, it, and, and first of all, I'm just going to get it out there because I didn't get much love on that. I, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'll still hang in there. You didn't get much. But, but listen, that scripture does not say women are to submit to men. Let me go outside, man. Again, just make sure you understand that. I'm an equal opportunity offender here in this church, so I try my best to get everybody. So, again, that does not say that. Men are not above women. Matter of fact, verse, just verse 21, I, you, don't, you don't have to go there, Tim, but I, I want to just show you real quick. Verse 21 says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. The verse right before that, submitting to one another. We as believers, as Christians, we submit to each other in the faith. We, we're not better than you, uh, ladies. We're not above you. But in the marriage relationship of husband and wife, the husband is the head. He just is. Matter of fact, the scripture just goes on. He tells us that the men are the head. And this is not chauvinism. This is not male chauvinism in any way. This is just truth. It's how God designed it. He set us up. Ladies, let me tell you something to help you. Begin to honor him. Just begin to respect him. Men will do this. They will gravitate towards honor. And they'll back off and they'll resist dishonor. Ask him. He'll tell you. It's just true. How do I honor then my spouse? Ask them. Ask them. Go to them and say, man, how can I honor you better? How can I do this? Husband, this is not your cue to start throwing elbows and pull up like, like the karate kid and say, ah, now, come on, I've been waiting on you. And then, and then you give her the crane technique. No, I'm not talking about that. You lovingly share your heart. You lovingly say this, you know, you know, thank you so much. 
Thank you for coming to me and talking to me and just sitting here and finding out ways that, that I can, you, I can, I, you can honor me better and begin to discuss that. I'll, I'll tell you a couple of ways that you can do that, and it's just because it's true. There are several ways that you can do that. There, there are different things that can happen within the home that you can do. Uh, men think it are, it's, it's a really cool thing when they come home and the house is in order. Some of you guys are scared to death say amen right now. But inside you're going, preach, preacher. Come on, somebody. That's a good word right now. Some of y'all are, y'all want to get up and run around the church right now. But listen to me. That is not her sole responsibility. See, women ain't scared. Y'all are not afeard. I mean, so, but, but it's just true. So we share that. We work on those things, but it's a big deal. It's honor. It's a, it's a good thing. Uh, guys, and, and this works both ways, and I love the principles that are here and that God can give each of us to help each of us, and both of us practice these, these things. We honor our wife. We honor the husbands. We honor, submit to one another. We do these things. But don't do this. Don't compare your husband to somebody else. Amen. Now you guys are stepping it up, backing the brother up. Thank you. But, but it's just don't do that. It's sad, and it's a trick of the enemy. He uses all these different things to try to do that, and he uses uh, movies, and he uses books, and he uses different things to implant stuff within your mind and show you what the ideal man is. Listen to me. The ideal first man, first of all, is Jesus. So you need him in your life. You need to cultivate this relationship with Jesus. And then outside of that, together, you begin to work on and build and begin to love him, begin to honor him where you want him to go good. Honor him in that way. Honor him where you want him to go. Listen to me. I'm okay with, with, with stuff, you know, people going out, doing things, and, and you know, we, it's G&O, baby. It's girls not out, and, and it's like it's an escape. I'm serious. It's like it's an escape for something like this. Like, I've hated my life up until this point. I've hated everything. I've hated my work. I hate my family. I hate everything. But glory to Jesus, I'm getting set free, and it's a girl's night out. <laughs> Listen to me. Go enjoy your nights. But make sure if you're in a marriage relationship, and even if you're outside of that, you honor Jesus in what you do. And honor your spouse. Works both ways. Guys, get together. Do stuff. Hang out. But honor one another. It's a big deal. Well, we, we have this open relationship. You better be careful what you open yourself up to. You better be careful that you open up a door to an enemy that will run straight in and wreak havoc on your family. Be very careful. So, again, get in the mind. I'm going to honor you. I'm just going to respect you. I'm going to show you the worth that you deserve. And if you don't like that, we can change that word to submit in case... Y'all want to. I gave honor to help y'all out a little bit, make you feel better about yourself. So we could just go ahead and call it what the Bible calls it, submit. But it shows and represents itself very clearly in honor. Honor your spouse. Honor your husband. It'll go a long way. Well, you don't understand. He's not like Jesus. He's as far from Jesus as honor him. Bible doesn't give us these, these little clauses. Well, if so and so, no, no, just honor them. I'm telling you, it'll go, a big, it'll go a long way. So just begin to do that. This, the, the second thing I want to talk about is this for a moment is the major need, what I feel like is, of a wife. 
And that's security. Security. Security is a big deal. Security, by definition, is freedom from care to make safe protection and defense. Now, we all want that. We all want security in our life, and we can all have security in our life through Christ, and, and we can walk that out. But in this marriage relationship, trust me, you, they, they may not act like it. They, they, they may think, and they're trying to be independent. Really, guys, they want you to protect them. They want you to, they want you to, to look over them, make sure they're secure. They want, to make, they want to make sure they're protected. If something happens, if something goes wrong, you may have to think back a while, but y'all remember being in the movie theater. You know, and, and unless you went to that church, it wouldn't let you go. You know, but if you was in, in the movie theater and y'all seen the scary part, she just jumps up in your arms. <laughs> and you were like, that's what I'm talking. You know, you took her that movie on purpose because you wanted to <laughs> see that, hey, I, baby, will protect you. <laughs> like no other. Come on. I will protect you. I got, but you know, something never changes. <clears throat> When we get older, some of you guys are going to try that. Dude, is that how he did it? Is that how he snagged Angel? Yeah, that's how I did it. <clears throat> you know, but, uh, but listen, it never changes. They want to be protected. They want to be secure. They may act like it, they don't. But listen, deep down inside of them, they want you guys to lead. They want you to do this. Verse 23 says, husbands, you are the head. Do you, I want you to see how this works. You are the head. You're it. I mean, the message says that the husband provides leadership to his wife the way that Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. You are it. Jesus didn't say, I want you to be the head of your... No, you're it. So that means this, guys. That means you're leading you could be leading in the right direction. You could be leading in the wrong direction. But right now, like it or not, you're leading this thing. And deep down, your wife has this yearning, this, this huge desire for you to lead her and protect her and watch over her, guide her and direct her. I mean, it is just built within her. That's exactly what she desires right now. And guys, you can only do this by Jesus. By his Holy Spirit. You can't be good enough, read enough books. Be good enough, read a lot of books. But you need to do this. You need to get on your knees. You pray. You ask God to help you do this. You ask him to help you walk this thing out. How can I do this? How can I protect you? How can I do this? This head is a big deal. It means that you're responsible. Pastor Mark Driscoll wrote a great book on marriage, him and his wife, but this quote is awesome. It says, the essence of masculinity is the taking of responsibility. You're responsible. So that means you make decisions like a responsible person. It means you lead like a responsible person. You make sure you understand that when you make a decision, you will be held accountable for what you do. So this means this. It means when the guys are pulling on you to do something, if it doesn't honor God, it will not honor your spouse. If it doesn't line up with the scripture, it's not going to line up in your marriage. So, so again, when they try to pull you in, again, nothing wrong with the fellas not out. The GNO for the guys. Guys not out. But not in any way do you walk this thing out 
in a way that's going to dishonor her because deep down inside, if you're doing that right now, she's laying at home hurting. She's at home, I'm telling you, she's laying in the bed, tears running down her face, praying. God help him step up and lead this family. Feel that, guys. I, I'm challenging you there. Take this, pull this, go into this thing. Again, lead. It's not dominance. It's leadership. Christ leads this church. It's the Bible. We don't take a vote to see if we want him to lead or not. He leads this church. Then he, for some reason, put me here. I'm still trying to figure it out. But he put me here, and he said to lead. It's not a vote. It's what he did. In your home, you're the pastor, guys. Lead well. Protect her. She desires that. Deep down, she's hurting, she's hurting for that. She needs that in her life. And who can do that? You can do that. God's called you. Protect her. Serve her. Watch over her. It's being responsible. God loves it. So you need to do this well. Third thing is this, and it's a major need of both. How can you meet it? Who can meet it? You. And it's friendship. Not enough said about this. Not enough books written about this. Not enough pastors talking about that. And, and we, we, we don't really see how this thing was set up in God's plan. We overlook that sometimes because we go into the marriage relationship and, and we feel like we're just business partners. And, and now with the kids come along and now this is happening and this is going on and we think now, no, I'm just, no, listen to me. God designed it, created within each of you this desire to be friends with your spouse. Enemy pulls at that. He does everything he can. It starts in Scripture, Genesis 2.18. It is so cool. God declares one thing to not be good. Look at the creation story. Everything was good. Man, that's good. God has created heavens and the earth and light. and what, That's good. I mean, I can just hear, man, that is awesome. That's good. And then he looked down and he said, it's not good for man to be alone. That's the scripture. It's not good for a man to be alone. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a helper comparable to him. You know what that is? That is friendship. That is a partner that he puts in there. The answer today to that was a wife. She's my best friend. I'm telling you, she is my best friend. I, I, I know, and so I, I have to do this sometimes. I know I need to do things with the guys and the fellas and, and do things. So, but listen to me. I mean, she's my best friend. Some of y'all mad right now. But listen, he's no respecter. That's what he wants for your relationship. That's his desire. That's his plan. He created this woman to be your wife and for you two again to be one and to come together. Listen to me. You have to see that there is this thing called friendship that he wants to have. And how does friendship start for us? This is how, this is how you do it. You become friends with your spouse by being friendly. I felt, I felt just, I felt the glory just released from me right there. I had to spend a lot of time prayer fasting for that revelation this week, for y'all to get that. But now listen to me, be friendly. Some of y'all, you you at work and you you, you friends with everybody and everybody's just your. I mean, y'all just do this, but then you get home, you're just mean. 
I'm telling you, man, be a friend. The Bible says it. Proverbs 18, 24, he says that a man who has friends must himself be friendly. You want to you become friends with your, your, your spouse? Be friendly. Do that. And again, I just love how Jesus makes sure he throws it in there. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That true friendship has to be with him first. But outside of that, this is his desire. He wants it this way. There's an old proverb, Swedish proverb says this, friendship doubles the joy and cuts the grief in half. Is that not cool? Friendship doubles the joy but cuts the grief in half. We need each other. So you do this. You sit down and you ask them, how can I be a better friend to you? How can I, how can I do this for you? How can I serve you better in this area? And, and you, listen to me, with this discussion with them, they're the one who makes the call of whether or not you're doing a good job. And I've, I've done that. I've been guilty of this. You know, I do something, and I, I, you know, look in the mirror, and I give it one of them, you know, and say, I'm doing an awesome job. No, listen to me. I know I got the stripes on today, but I'm not the referee in, in this thing. She is. She makes the call. She decides whether or not I'm doing a good job. So you ask, you do this, you go in this place, you say, listen to me, how am I doing in this area? You be friends, sit down and then talk about it. And understand, listen to me, men and women become friends differently. Okay, there's different ways. It's, it's kind of interesting. If you look out on the hospitality table, there is this big row, man. It's, it's narrowed down a little bit since we've done some of them. But if you look at the, the table, the men is this, the men's going to go shoot guns, we're going to go camp. We're going to watch the fight. We're going to hang out. We're going to go do this. We're going to go rafting. We're going to go fishing. We're going to go do this. That's how guys build relationships. It's just how we do it. Just, I mean, that's yes, how we build relationships. We just have to be doing something. And, I mean, it's just how we're geared. We're geared that way. Ladies are different. Ladies' table can say this. Bring your favorite dessert, and then we're going to talk. Am I, am, I, am I telling the truth or not? Some of y'all, y'all, love to a brother. I am telling the truth. That's all I say. Bring your favorite dessert, and then for four hours, <laughs> you're just going to talk, man. You're going to just sit around, and you're just going to look at each other, and you're just going to spend time. You're going to talk. You know, the guys, we're doing something, man. You know, and if we are talking, we're eating chicken wings, and, and we're doing something, man. If we're talking, this is how, I'm telling you, this is what happens. We're strategizing. Seriously, we're geared that way, and we're making a plan. All right, I need to do this a little bit different. I need to step up in this area a little bit more. We're planning, but y'all just get, oh, that outfit looks nice on you. <laughs> One of the fellas come up, man, and said, man, it's looking nice on you today. Elbows, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, you, you, we just not geared that way. So you understand that. You understand that when you're making this plan. When you're building friendship, you understand that. So this is what it means. You gravitate toward the other. Now, if, if you're, you know, again, if you get intentional about this and get in your mind, you will sit down and talk to her, guys. Ladies, you will go hang out with him. You'll just do something. If, if he's out there working in the yard, just come out there. Act like you think it looks good. 
Seriously, he just he wants you to he wants that. That's honor. I mean, just come and tell him. Oh man, that's the straightest lines I've ever seen in a yard. You are awesome. I mean, just do you gravitate towards another? And then so guys, you do this. You talk to each other, not about each other, and don't talk about your stuff. To somebody. No, you talk to each other. You spend time in this area. He wants you to be friends. The Song of Solomon, man, is an incredible book. And it says this. It says that the wife said that this is my lover and this is my friend. That's what marriage is supposed to be. Lovers. Glory to God. Lovers. <laughs> friends. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's what it should be. That's what he desires for you. And friendship, again, it looks like a lot of different ways. Check this picture out real quick. And, and, and just look at what friendship is. Oh, that's okay. You, are you, you, we done? Yeah, ain't going to happen. Friendship is this. <laughs> friendship is not just one big thing. It's a million little ones. It's just not one big You know, just, oh, man, I'm going to do my duty. Pray for me, Pastor. I'm going to do my duty. I'm going to go be a... No, it's just little things. Loving, caring, showing. That's what friendship is. And listen to me. I believe this for you. Again, I'm thankful for every friend God's placed in my life. But I want to cultivate that one above all. I want to make sure I'm very intentional when we spend time and we do those things. And listen, if you do that, listen, right now... As I've been praying this week, man, there's been a lot of just, just a lot of things going on. In the, and I don't get all crazy on some of you guys, but there's just been a lot of spiritual warfare. And as I've been praying for marriages this week, and and and, and I, I know it's tough. Some of, some of you, man, you don't like each other. Dude. You, you you're frustrated, and and you don't. For right now, you just don't want to be a friend of them. You don't even want to see them. Listen to me. Just do the things you can do. Cultivate that relationship. Spend time. Ladies, when you leave out of here today, look for ways you can honor them. Honor your husband. Guys, step up. Look for ways that you can, you can show security and, 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 and just protection for them. Listen to me and do this. Say, how can I be a better friend?